0: Hey, everybody, it's Ron from the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast Network here to talk to you today about SpinWiz Comics. SpinWizComics.com is an indie comics discovery platform. It's designed to help comic book readers find new content with over 60 publishers and over 400 different comic titles to choose from and growing every week. Most of the content right now is free to read, but there are options available to purchase PDFs and support creators you read the most. And right now, as part of the promotion, IB Comics is offering the first four issues of Grace, free to read. And for all you music fans out there, the first 28 pages of Legba's Juke Joint, Volume One. You can read all of these for free at SpinWizComics.com. So if you're a content creator out there, check it out. It's a no-hassle platform whose core goal is to help with awareness to essentially take your comic book and put it out there for new readers. It's as easy as uploading a couple of PDFs, toss them into a Dropbox or Google, and within a day, your stuff will be online and available for purchase or for new readers to check out. SpinWizComics.com. Check it out today.
1: Welcome to Fix It in the Mix, the podcast about the real music business. As always, I'm your host, Chris Thayer. Today, I'm sitting down with the incomparable Ben Stewart. Word. We're here in the... uh, Word. (laughs) You're killing me. (laughs) We're in the beautiful Inland Blue studios. Welcome, and thank you for coming in, Ben. It really is beautiful, because I'm surrounded by guitars and drum sets and every good thing. Well, I I like to say about this place, what I tell my daughter every time I go to Home Depot. It's like, I walk in and I go... You smell that? Yeah. That's the smell of possibility. And that's really what I see this room as. Like you come out here and you can create anything. Well, I had my adenoids removed, so I don't smell very much. Oh, but well,
2: but when I walked in here, I thought eye candy.
1: And well, I wasn't yeah, just talking sure. about you. Well, thanks. I appreciate I know, that. I know. <laughs> it's, it's you <laughs> and my wife, and that's about it. Oh. <laughs> I
0: was well, the only
1: ones that we're a good crowd. <Yeah>. So I'm, I'm going to try and steer this a little bit, but I know we're going to completely go off the script and we're probably just, you know, shoot the shit for two hours. Uh, I or like that. But I like to start with one question, because uh, I find it fascinating how varied the answers are. It's usually B, by the way, Chris. B. Yeah, it's, uh, on a Scantron. Is it or is it C? I guess it would depend on if it's A, I a use- through I, I was a C student, so
2: but, so I usually did stay B. <laughs> that could be I, it.
1: So the question is, um, how did you get started in the music world? Like, uh, usually it's it's not an issue of I chose to go into music. It's like right. I had to go into music. And what was there a moment for that? So I was involved in um, in drama
2: in like junior high Same. and high school, and so. And that was my thing. I wanted to get in front of people and I you might not know this, but I was I like to make people giggle and laugh. And so Absolutely, I can't see that. Yeah. There's it no was way. weird. And so I uh I I just loved it. I love being in front of people. I love connection between an audience and somebody on stage. And obviously I'm a narcissistic enough that that I wanted to be in front of
1: people. Maybe. <laughs> I do you feel like that's it, or do you feel like because I, I almost feel like you do what I do is you put on a character sometimes. Right. Yeah, and, well, definitely. And there's safety in that.
2: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I spent 12 <laughs> years doing that. Not real enough. And, and so therefore I can you know be or say or do anything. Right, yeah. right.
1: And then it's a character. And well, that's
2: I think that's our theater background that does that. Probably. And, well, and also just the idea of liking to make people laugh or you right, know, get right. into whatever it might be. But so I did that and I had a friend um, named Gary McGlinchey. He was a friend of mine in junior high and high school. Good friend. And he was like, hey, you know what? We should start a band. Of course. And I was like, yeah, okay." Wait, what was the name of the band? I don't think we ever even had a name. Really? We, we kept toying around with the name Justice. We're going to call ourselves Justice. Nice. Because it sounded kind of rock or metal yeah. or whatever. Ours and was
1: Sonic Fury.
2: Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, that's not good. Yeah. Sonic I, Fury. That's my next nah. album
1: title. Benji Phonics, Sonic, Sonic Fury. Fury. You go right ahead, man. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be and your I, homage right. to uh, my junior high <laughs> band that never happened. I love that. Side note, I'm wearing
2: uh, corduroy pants yeah. because when I walk, it sounds like a record scratching. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs>
1: She, 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 she. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, so absolutely. Anyway, side note: for those of you who don't see us, because this is a podcast. Uh, regardless, we we decided to start this band. So I was going to play bass, and okay. and I got a a Schaefer Flying V Schaefer bass. Yeah. Wait, just, they made Flying V basses? Every company tried to make every piece I, of junk. I guess that probably makes sense. And it was a piece of junk. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it would barely stay in tune. It was horrible, but.
1: I love twanking on this thing, you know? Do you feel like it made you a better player later because you had that instrument? You mean playing bass? No, playing a piece of shit.
2: Maybe, because I think, especially when you're playing a, a beater...
1: Um, which you shouldn't start with a great guitar anyway. See, we've I, I've had that conversation with yeah. literally everybody who's come through here. It's, it's like and a, everybody it, feels that way.
2: It's like a sophomore <laughs> getting you know a, a BMW or something right. like that. It shouldn't happen. They right. should a because they're going to crash into everything. B because they don't deserve it.
1: Right. You right.
2: I didn't deserve uh, a great guitar. At right. that and so, uh, but that's where I started. So, and then a uh, high school friend James Thomas, he he got me into playing guitar. He had a, a court guitar. Court. This little one. Oh. I know. I, am uh, oh, we had all the crap, you Moving know? <laughs> yeah, it was great. And, and, and I, I, I love it.
1: still around. Is it? I think so. I hope so. Yeah. They, they're they probably in the basement be. at Nam. you know, in the, the land of Misfit Toys. Base, the,
2: I could, that's where I love to be is right. the basement at Nam. Anyway, it's total side note. So they, I started playing and by my senior year, um, I started to get a little bit better on playing right. guitar. And so uh, my dad thought and my parents thought really that I was good enough that it was time to help me to buy a guitar. Yeah, I didn't have any of that.
1: Yeah, well, the, and so we looked in the... Uh, no, I take it back. I shouldn't give my parents a bad rap. They bought me an acoustic guitar. Hey, that's cool. Because I think that's less noise right. than an electric. So there they supported was, me that way. Yeah, well, and and
2: I skipped acoustic altogether. Right. So I, in fact, I didn't know how to play acoustic guitar chords i only knew power chords and like licks <laughs> i didn't course. even i hadn't even
1: learned like actual chords like open chords yeah, yeah. what? Well,
2: it's the dumbest thing ever
1: no, so, it's normal for when you grew up i guess so and, and everything was a bar chord yeah it was
2: the 80s you yeah. know so yeah. it's like all right let's let's do this well at the end of the 80s yeah but uh, so we looked in the what was it called the recycler
1: the recycler
2: and and so because the internet didn't exist and and so we find this this advertisement for BC Rich Ironbird wow. neck through body 1982 that's da, hilarious one humbucker pickup da, 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 <laughs> one knob one guitar changed the world right you know, and I was I I looked somebody told me or, or brought in a magazine with a picture of a BC rich. And they're like, dude, this is what it looks like. I was like this oh looks my like, God. metal. And what it looks like is magic and fire all right. rolled in together. Right. I have to have it. So I tell my dad, so we go down to, uh, to somewhere in San Bernardino where this guy is selling it, you know, and I once rocked with, you know, Sammy Hagar's brother or whatever. Of course. And, uh, and this dude, we go into this guy's house, and I think he had no shirt on. He was wearing oh, like yeah. a spiked belt, had long, <laughs> greasy hair, and he's like, yeah. This Probably is like a, rail thin. Uh, uh, yeah, right. And I got to get rid of this guitar, man, and da-da-da. And, and I'm in there. I, he opens the guitar case, and there's like a wooden chunk out because he's like, I had the pickup move back so it'd be further and sound thicker for pumping. Of muting. course, and da da da, and I just my eyes are bugging out and and. All I hear is zo, 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 right. zo. And my dad's like, No. He's like, I want four hundred dollars, which at the time was oh, ridiculous. That's a lot of money for a guitar. Yeah, especially for a used guitar that right. was from the early eighties that has this chunk missing out of it and all this stuff. And I'm just like, Dad, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. Oh my <laughs> god. And he's you know, and so and I'm being terrible. Like there's right. no, uh, he, he can see that the sale is already made. Yes. So my dad gets N- me you're this guitar. He's definitely not
1: playing poker. At yeah, that
2: right. Point. No, I'm the worst. And so <laughs> we buy the guitar and literally, like, uh, so I put out an EP. Fast forward 2019, I put it out an EP the guitars on Benji Phonic you know (laughs) are are, I'm playing on this BC Rich that's amazing
1: (laughs) and uh, And you still have it and that was your first well no it wasn't your first because you had the I had that bass but
2: it was my first guitar my first six string guitar and to this day it's my
1: favorite see I had a story like that where I I gave my guitar to an ex-girlfriend and and I tried to get it back and that wasn't happening and and so yeah I, I wish I had had the force to keep some of those early guitars, yeah. but it's like you know when you're trying to move on yeah, up the scale, right. you's like I don't need this stupid thing. Yeah, I'm right. getting the Fender Strat, you know, and it's a Squire, but it's still a Fender right, now. Right? You know? it, it's it, you
2: think you think that when you're moving up, you're really moving up. But the thing with that Iron Bird is, and you, I mean, you saw me play it in Conspiracy of right. Thought, but it, it's just a crazy looking guitar, yes. crazy shape, it, and so I never even. Thought of getting rid of it right. because it was just so odd. Even and in the '90s, you know, when all the guitars were Fenders and Gibson's, yeah, I mean, those were the the grunge was all about. Oh yeah, it's uh, understated. We're it's, gonna
1: play these guitars that people Pauls, thought were shit. Yeah, Telecasters
2: like, and and, like, and uh, uh, Strats.
1: The, well, and the the Fenders with all the little switches on them. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah if, Kurt Cobain. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. All so, those uh, late seventies instruments uh-huh, that nobody wanted. Models. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And and so me playing this this early eighties, you know, crazy star shaped guitar. Right. I thought was, was that was just part of my rebellion?
1: I suppose. Well, I mean, here is one thing, and and the people that don't know you, um, I would say you are as far from mainstream in, in your approach to stuff as right. anybody I've ever met. And, <laughs> I, and I will true. say this, almost every project on paper looks like a terrible idea. They
2: are terrible uh, ideas. But,
1: they, but here's the thing. I, you tell me about it. And then I'm like, Oh my God, what is he doing? And then I see it and I hear it. And I'm like, holy shit, he did it again. Like Ben <laughs> has awesome. the, the goofy Midas touch where you can turn the, the strangest idea into gold. And I think you do it repeatedly. It's fool's gold. No, it's not, man. It's gold. It's absolute gold. Um, I, was, I was talking with some other guys that were over, and I'm like, dude, you got to check out what this guy's doing. And I showed him the We Hip Hop video. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, that hook is killer.
2: Yeah, it's like, fun
1: and and it, but it is fun and yeah. I think that's the thing is, um, you know, C O T was definitely more serious. Totally, yeah. Um, but it but it still, I mean, it really worked. Right. I think. Um, did you feel the next project was serious musically? Because I feel like in Songhammer or yeah, Red, yeah, revolution. No, no, no. Uh, the the songhammer
2: you know it we were it was certainly serious from a musical standpoint right. we were serious in that we we were really trying to um, write the best music we could you know dustin and i and, and focusing on doing the best we could but uh, but, I mean, the content was cheeky, obviously. Well, I mean, for yeah. those that
1: don't know, basically, if you took World of Warcraft and turned it into a band, right. that's kind of what it was. Right, right. Um, and, and, the, and From the cheeky side, for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, down to the costumes and everything. Oh, yeah. Armor. Which, which <laughs> I, Yeah, you're wearing, like, foam armor. and right. No, leather. All oh, leather. Oh, it was all leather. Okay. Yeah.
2: It's a thousand and, bucks a set. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. But, you know, like, swords and... Um, <laughs> I, I hadn't crazy. seen you for a while, and I right. ran into you at one of the comic cons. I think it was, yeah. And you were passing out the and download wearing cards, the armor wearing the around, armor, right? But every person you came in contact with, you guys gave them a free download of your right. album, yeah, right. And that was way ahead of the curve. I mean, people were still trying to sell albums at that point, and right. not that we're not, but. Yeah, yeah to, you really were ahead of the curve on that.
2: I, I think one of the things that I realized at the end of Conspiracy of Thought was that we were that the 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 moment of the album was at its end, yeah. and and that singles were <laughs> at least for the time being. Right, right. The singles were driving the market, and and that that was you. The way to conceptualize an album needed to be a little different. And and it wasn't that we shouldn't put out a full album's worth of material because you need that for performing. And also people want to hear, you know, more music. But, But the way to market and sell it and push it and the idea of, you know, Chris, you probably remember this, but like, you know, particularly during the late 90s and early 2000s, everybody was always, you know, we would burn... Singles or or a few songs onto a disc, right. and then when we went to a club or whatever to promote, we would just be handing out these right. free music downloads. Or it was not a download; it was right. a free CD. Free CDs, and um, we did that. Oh yeah, man! I don't know how many hundreds of reams of c- the CDs yes. I bought yeah. to do that. Well, in the modern era, we do the same thing just with a free download. Right, and and so uh we just now the the bummer about that is you can't. You have to go through the trouble of downloading it. I mean, what, what right. was really cool about a disc was people would pop it into their car that night as they were leaving. Yeah, they and, could pop and, it in. and you had an instant fan, <laughs> and and yeah. it was a little, it was more accessible, easily more accessible right. because. N- the fact that they have to get on the computer, the fact that they have to or their phone or whatever, they have to go to a, a site or a place or whatever. Right. I mean, even if it's just Spotify or whatever, they gotta go there. It's just more work.
1: I think YouTube has sort of changed that. I a mean you bit. Can go to your YouTube app, you type right. in the name of the artist, boom, right. it's there. It's two yeah. clicks away. Well
2: and Spotify and, and uh I Apple Music and all those things are the same in that yeah. respect. And which is wonderful and there's so many venues to to play it in, right? Yeah, right. Okay, uh, we got off topic. I'm sorry, I we, don't even remember <laughs> what the topic was. I think we were talking about like being serious
1: about projects oh, or whatever. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I asked about now. Are you still doing the uh Song Hammer? No, thing? so about okay, a, so that's run yeah, its course, yeah, yeah. You're okay. gonna have to go. Uh,
2: the guys might still be put out some stuff, but I'm I'm doing I'm, I'm sold out. I'm sold
1: out to hip hop, Chris. Okay. <laughs> Which again, I I'm not sure what led you down this path, and I love that you have gone down it. But man, it, how did you it's like a journey? <laughs> like what prompted that? Well, you you'll probably remember,
2: but um Conspiracy of Thought, there were two singers. It was myself right. and Mike Parshall who played bass and rapped. Right. And um and I sang. And but the the rub was, or the thing was, I never felt like I had a very good voice for rapping. Right. Um, but Mike had that great. Right. Da, 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 yeah. His barky. <laughs> but the director of the videos that I've been doing with Benji Phonic, Joel Berry, he came and saw us play in Hollywood one time, Conspiracy of Thought. Right. And he said, Mike reminds me of a chihuahua. Right. Ruff, ruff, right ruff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just barking. <laughs> and, uh, but he was great at it, you know. Yeah. He was just and such a great bass player, you know. He'd yeah. be playing like slap and yes. rapping at the same time. Yeah. Holy crap! Um, side note: I my I borrowed a bass from Mike to do some recording recently, and um, and he he pulls it out. He's like, "Yeah, I think this one's okay. Let me get it out." He hasn't played bass for like. I don't know. 8 years. Really? Yeah, and he gets it and he goes back. and I like, was like
1: like he hasn't ever stopped. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just like he is so good still. Yeah. <laughs> he just natural talent. So anyway, wow.
2: so um Mike did all that rapping but I did the writing. And so okay. uh, I I because I loved hip hop, right? I mean, I really loved Run D- Run DMC and LL Cool J and Beastie Boy. This is from my early early years. Yeah, but that's in that's where anime. it started, you know. Right, right? Yeah, that that was the. Certainly not the first era, but the golden era. No, no, era. but
1: yeah, and, and and so I mean, we're not going back to Sugar Hill Gang. And yeah, whatnot. right.
2: Or even before that, right. like Furious Five or, right. or whatever, right. Grandmaster Flash right. and Furious Five or But that's like that's that. a
1: pretty like tight window. They were all right. kind of within about eight years or so. It, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah,
2: and 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 certainly that was our you know first right. experience right. with hip hop, and it was so exciting. So anyway, fast forward to the mid to late '90s and early 2000s, and that was that early influence for me is what I wanted to put into Conspiracy of Thought, right? And so, then when I I, I did Conspiracy of Thought, I wrote the rock opera, which was Red Fist Revolution: The Fall okay. of Goliath, the fall, and and uh, and which was fun because. I was able to. I, that allowed me to get some distribution. Right. I got a distribution deal for Cot and for uh, Red Fist Revolution from oh. uh, Youngside Records. It was oh, an indie nice. label, but it was wonderful. And right. so they they helped, and it really. Help me to Well, you
1: are notoriously independent. Like yeah, you are right. the face of independent music because I, it's not you that I hustle. Be. <laughs> no, but you you hustle right. more than anybody I've ever known.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah.
1: and and I've always been in awe of that. And I feel like I hustle a lot. You do, but dude, you you are like constantly on, um, I, I, and I I think it's amazing and inspiring as a
2: musician. Well, and you know this well, and you do have hustle, and and as an independent artist. And just being addicted to creation, right? You know, and and making music and doing. And I've seen you recreate yourself and reiterate yourself, and Many and times. and. But as as musicians, I mean, and particularly as independent musicians, we have the the freedom, right, to be able to say, "I've never done that." Fast forward to me doing the hip hop thing, and I realized, you know, after. I had done all these other projects. I thought, you know, there's one there's one thing that I haven't done. <laughs> right, right. And it's, you know, to really go down the rabbit hole of hip-hop and say, I want to try and create something. And obviously it's not going to sound like, you know, boom-bap era New York right. hip-hop or, right. or whatever. It, it's going to, even though
1: that's kind of where my love is. Right. Um, but you still have... You know, thirty, forty years of right. musical progression, right? In between, yeah,
2: yeah, you know? yeah. I think uh, like Cot began in, in the like you said the mid nineties, and, right. and then uh, or early to mid nineties, and then moving from that point on. But so I never done that. I'd never done a full hip hop di- or, or a full album dedicated to hip hop. Right. And so that was the impetus of Benji Phonic, Was okay. I think I can do mm-hmm. this, and I and I love. I love that early era. So the first EP that I wanted to put out, I wanted to be like dedicated to that simple beats focused on, you know, big fatness and, um, Simple rhyme patterns, not too complex. Right, you know,
1: getting just focused on my love of that. You mean you're not going to do an entire album full of triplet patterns? Yeah, right. like, <laughs> like every song that's come out in the last five years. The. Like every song sounds like that. And I'm not opposed to that, but occasionally. Yeah, right. But the, but I think I think. But man, we are in a rut with that right well, now. Actually- it's kind of coming out, coming out so of it, but.
2: The- I'm glad that you mentioned that because one of the uh, I'm I'm the the second EP is almost complete. Right, Uh, I'm I'm going back into the studio. We're going to finish out one more song, and then it's complete. Nice. And and so the uh, the summer this summer uh, will be Benji Phonics second EP. Nice. And um, but I've also began writing. And recording the third EP.
1: Well, of course. Which,
2: of course. And I have this uh, this tune called "You Calling It Hip Hop," right? And and it's me talking about, you know, you calling it hip hop, but there's no rap. You calling it hip hop with no boom bap? Like, where's the where's the fat drums? You know, and the big old snare and bass. And so, and this is like the old person who's saying,
1: "That's not hip hop. Hip hop's LL Cool J. Right. Hip hop's you know." But I think there's something to that. I mean, I'm. Always in favor of of music evolving. Yeah, and yeah. if you and don't, it, it becomes to. stale. Right, and, and it, it dies. To.
2: and actually, the new versions of hip hop, which you know, and I, there's some things that I really like. There's some things I obviously don't, but that's just about style and that right. kind of stuff. But uh, but I love innovation. I love right. newness, and I I love being able to take a set of talents and turn it on its ear and do right. something different well so the next ep that i'll I'll put out will will be more focused on uh being a little more complex in the rhyme pattern so i'm trying to have every ep be a little bit
1: of an evolution
2: uh as a stage
1: i think it's it's a cool idea that each one almost takes on a different era or a different um, stylistic idea um no i think that's smart and i I think there's, there's a teacher quality or a, you know, a, a right. sensei, you know, <laughs> let me show you children how um, all of this came yeah. you know, to be. And that,
2: um, uh, well, and the, that's important because, uh, A lot of, and I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the bald white dude, you know, trying to teach hip hop,
1: but at the same time, there are some, things I'm I'm the, you know, almost 50 something blues man who's who's a middle-class white dude. So I I, I get you. Yeah. Uh, But,
2: but there's, there, there has been something lost a little bit. And, and I, I, Chris, I think you might've seen this on my, my Facebook, but I was driving down, um. Arlington Avenue in Riverside recently, and I was listening to the "You Calling It Hip Hop" song. I was listening to some of the pre-production stuff from that, and uh, and the the kick and snare are just killing, you know. And and I, I don't even know if I had done the vocals yet, so I'm rapping with it as I'm driving. It was a beautiful day. I had the windows down. I stop at a light. This dude comes pulling up next to me in a Lexus, and he's probably in his late 40s or early 50s. Right, and and. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm boom bapping, and yeah. I think the chorus comes in or whatever, which was recorded, and. And I look over at him. He looks at me. He looks at me and he just nods. And he yeah. says, and he goes, now that's hip hop. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> or, or no, he says, now that's what hip hop's supposed to sound like. Nice. And, and then he drives, he drives off. And I was like, ah, yeah,
1: yeah.' yeah, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is. Definite, definite affirmation.
2: Yeah. But yeah. it was, it's because I was really like laser pointing, trying to get to that boom bap, right, you know, and right. that, that sound. And, and so. I don't know. I think that's, uh, even though I might be this who I am as Ben Stewart, Benji Phonics trying to bring that, that right. old school
1: back. Right. No, I think um, there there is something to be said for keeping in touch with the best parts of the music of the past. Right. Um, without necessarily trying to recreate it or right. stay stuck in that. Because um, I, I definitely don't think what you're doing is... Just parroting right, the music correct. from the past. You are adding Ben in there, or at least Benji in oh, there. Oh, it's
2: there Dave Swanson, aka DJ Coupon, who, uh, <laughs> who who works with me. He, uh, I I came in with Benji Fonic. I told him I'm doing hip hop, and he's like, okay. So that's great. And he's thinking, you know, it's going to be less tracks. It's going to be right. simple. It's going to be all this. Oh, no. I came in. There was 58 tracks. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but because, it's like one track is, here, you know. Yeah, well, and and there's, you know, layered guitar tracks, all right. of these keyboards scratching. There's, I you know, on the song We Still Hip Hop, I, there must be. Half of it's vocal tracks because right. I mean there's like a four part harmony in the chorus right. and there's all this stuff and you know I've got you know the Human Wrecking Crew you know Janae and Evan Human are coming in right. and singing all these backgrounds for me right. amazing and and so and he was he, Dave just shakes his head he's like what the hell is this <laughs> he's like
1: this is not hip hop <laughs> I was <laughs> like I know it's me but but it's like hip hop right right it's I think it's it's that's what I I think. I like about it. Yeah. Is that it's it's not you trying to parrot hip hop, right? It's your take on, on the hip-hop. style. Well, and hip-hop, you know,
2: KRS one says this great quote. He's like, hip-hop is what, what we say hip-hop is. Right. And and I think hip-hop can be anything. I mean, it can be any it's a it's a huge wide genre, and we've really you know it's pigeonholed, but anyone who's in the scene will see that you know there's underground hip hop, right? There's, you know, obviously like like boom bap era and that kind of stuff that focuses more that way. You have you know, you have in the early two thousands like trip hop and all these things that that become popular. You have you know trap music. You have right. all these. There's there's It's splintered genres. a hundred different ways. Oh yeah, it, it's as it's as variant
1: as rock music ever was. Right, right. So. Um, you're doing actually going out and doing live shows, right? What, is, what does that entail? Because you're not, you don't have a band at this point. It, how does that work? This was, I was
2: trying to part uh, another part of the impetus of Benji Phonic was I'm getting tired of lugging around amps all the time and yeah. guitars and gear, yeah, but I still love to jump around and be an idiot,
1: right? What can I do, right? Oh,
2: wait. I know what I can do. Right. <laughs> well, I can and grab no, a mic and jump around. And be that's an idiot really somewhere. all you need yeah. is
1: is your laptop and a mic, and right. you've you've got kind of that thing. No, a phone. A phone. So I have this great app. Um, wait. Dude, see. the phone has changed everything.
2: God bless the the applications on phones. So uh, I, I I downloaded some apps on my phone that were all about performing live and i really? was doing this and i actually did this for Songhammer for when we were in a pinch right if our electronics because we had a, a line six uh, right uh m20d i think it is yeah um it, that was a mixer and a and all that and it would hold the tracks, right um but but it was only holding a stereoed right. track that that i mixed at home that we use for our backing track. It's a CD player, basically. In essence. Yeah. And, and which is what people were using in the 90s. Right. You know, they were using CD players or, or, yes. you know, whatever, and they would rap to the tracks on that. And right. Somebody would have to stop it mm-hmm. and start it. Well, now on your phone, you can have your tracks, and literally, I have stereo outs that go out from my phone right. into a mixing board. So, Forget the computer because the computer is even—it's too cumbersome.
0: Yeah, it's a lot Chris. to carry. Yeah, yeah. That laptop, laptop is so
1: cumbersome. Well, dude, I've got—I got this uh, laptop I picked up yeah. um, through the school, and I thought I'm gonna—I'm gonna get the computer that the nerds use yeah, on right. Big Bang. I'm gonna get oh. Sheldon's Alienware computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the thing weighs about fifty fucking pounds. Yeah,
2: it's made for gaming. That's it's, why. Well, yeah. Yeah. I,
1: but how are these guys carrying it? Because these gamers are not like strong yeah i this thing never leaves it goes where it right. is and it stays <laughs> well, and i'm not putting it in a backpack and carrying it
2: well and that's the whole impetus of, or part of the impetus too of the project was i i want to i want to do something that's more freeing where i get to perform
1: and right. do what i'm doing and and so uh well what could be more perfect to go travel around to conventions. Yeah, right. All and, you have is your suitcase or your backpack with your clothes phone. and your phone.
2: And I can plug it in, and you know, I have a backup online, so that right. that if like uh, something happened to my phone, I could have somebody download right. the, the MP three tracks, right? You know, or WAV files, and then just put them in the computer, and we could do it that way. But it. It's just so easy. So you were asking about what is it like, you know, live performing or whatever. Right. So I've done several, show, <clears throat> several shows and I do like, um, and they've been hip hop events. You right. Know? And How does that go over? This, <laughs> <laughs> here's a great example. Um, so I, the first show I did was a car show. This is the first ever Benji Phonic performance. Wow. It was a car show in downtown Woodier wow you can't get that's more trial le- by
1: fire right there It's
2: you can't get more legit hip hop <laughs> than Woody or California a the, car show I mean we're talking low riders, we're yes. talking you know of affiliates and members yes you know? yes and uh, and so i was playing with a band called the funkonomics which is a it's like a and b soul and hip-hop cover band okay and, and so and Dave well that met, doesn't
1: hurt to have them in your court oh
2: yeah they, and they wanted me to come play they asked if i would come and be like their their hype man in between and oh, okay. so i was going to do like 15 minute sets in between right. their their big sets um, and I was stoked and, uh, Damon, uh, the singer for the band, Damon Pitts, is, uh, my cousin, Evan uh, human is married to his sister, Janae okay. Pitts. And so, um, Damon was like, yeah, come and rock with me. And I was like, That's yeah, right. I, I, am going to come rock with you. So we go down. <laughs> you don't I, know I, what
1: you're asking for.
2: <laughs> and I'm wearing, I'm in the Adidas track suit, right? Of course. I'm, I'm going oh, run DMC old school. And, uh, and, Everyone in the audience is not me, right? <laughs> you know, I am, right. I am the minority, and and uh, I get there, and people are looking at me like, "What is this what white it- fool gonna get up here and do?" <laughs> <laughs> and and so, and the first thing that comes out is, you know, you hear the record, and then you hear. We stole hip hop, and that beat comes out, and it is humongous. That's amazing. And I mean, uh, I can literally feel the stage going boom, boom. Boom, boom, and and I start rapping. There's a bald white dude, and he's out on the street, and, <laughs> and people s- stop, uh, you know, because you're at a car show. Right, you know, people right. aren't sitting there watching the music; they're no. looking at cars. People, ju- it's it was like the records crash. <laughs> and people just stop, and they're like, "What the hell am I looking at?" <laughs> so. We get to the song "Braggadocious Rhyme" and I'm I'm rapping and and that song's all about like it's it's an homage to old school hip hop where I'm like you know like the first Run DMC right. single is Sucker MCs right and so the the chorus of Braggadocious Rhyme is you know my mama said you're a sucker MC right and and so in this I'm like talking about I say a line about me you know uh, my riggedy rhymes are so fast. They call me Supersonic. Your rhymes are so slow, can't keep up with Benji Fonic. And so I'm putting down my opponent. Right, right, right. And uh, so these two dudes walk by that look like affiliates. Okay. And and as they're walking by, I point at this guy and I say, you know, I I say... my lickety look is so funky they call me super fly you look like a junkie they call you family guy dude stops <laughs> oh shit and 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 he he hits his homeboy and i'm like it's on and so i start looking and i'm just looking at him and i start shaking my hips like back and forth and i'm doing like the elvis at him. And, and before and i think i'm either gonna die yes or i'm gonna win these guys over and i'm like screw it let's let's live on the edge <laughs> yeah. so i just keep rapping at this guy and before i know it and he and they're like arms folded right. looking at me but his head starts bobbing yeah yep. and he start, and i'm just i'm i'm being the as idiotic as i can be you know i'm, I'm yeah. just you know being stupid and no turn it back yeah no <laughs> i and, and i knew it i should i should I pointed at the guy. I telling this story to my wife later, and she's like, "Did you want to die? <laughs> like, what like, are you no. thinking?" I, and I was thinking, "I want to win." Yeah. And and, uh, and so, before the song's over, dude's got his phone out and he's doing this, and then the song ends, and he and his friends are like, "Yeah, man!" They're like, you know, it, it was it was a oh, moment where I was God. like, and I I was kind of sweating it, but I thought. I'm doing this I, If I'm yeah. doing this
1: I'm doing it all the way Yeah You have to Yeah You have to You. There's no way This is gonna work Right If you half-ass this Or if you're timid about it Well And, and he, I think you get that and but that's everything you do. <laughs> like I've never seen you go halfway at any no, of your projects. No, don't go halfway. Don't be lukewarm. No, yeah. no, it doesn't work. Yeah. you've got to 100%. and I've always loved that about what you do. Oh, um, cool. I, I may not get it every time, but I'm like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but this this guy has like zero like he's not worried at all. I'm not afraid. about failing.
2: I'm not afraid. No,
1: I, yeah. I zero fear zero yeah. fear no it's a beautiful thing so on that note okay sorry. that sounds yeah, like
2: those, those sounds a long story. no man. <laughs> man that's what we're
1: here for i i mean i got a ton of questions but i figured yeah. we weren't going to use any of them yeah right but i'm curious yes um you've done a lot of different styles over the years yes um what if, if you can come up with one sure what would you say was your best gig ever that's hard huh I
2: have I have best gigs from the different groups that I've been a part of, um, and so can, I'll talk about that. Is that cool? Sure. Um, so for um, for conspiracy of thought, we did this show. And, you know, when you're gigging in a band or when you're a hip hop artist or when you're a performer in general, sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to be in the moment. Uh, yeah. There's, there's so much that you have to do.
1: You're thinking about the next song or, or the next... your
2: gear. You're getting, like when you're playing in LA, it's rush, rush, rush to get right. on stage, play, and then rush, rush, rush to get off. And the, there's just. There's all this tension and pressure that go along, the promotion of the show, The are people here entertaining people before and after the show. I mean, there's just because you're the host, you know, of the people that have come to see you. Right. And and wanting to make sure everyone's having a great time and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's hard to be in the moment. Well, we got to open for this band called King's X. um, Oh, great band. If you're into prog rock, you know, in the... The 90s, early 2000s, King's X was, you know, just. They were it. Yeah. Insanely good. Yeah. And so, and one of my favorite groups. Right. Partly because of Doug Pinnock singing, which is the right. bass player. It's a three piece band, which makes an incredible amount of noise. Right. But well, like Rush. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. That, Primus. Yeah, right. Exactly. These super groups. And of that quality, you know. And so, but Doug Pinnock has this voice. He's just got this dirty, you know. Right. I don't know cigarette carton voice, mm-hmm. but soulful and wonderful. Anyway, we're we're playing this show, and I remember getting to. We were opening for him, and so we're up on stage, and I remember we're doing this song called Breathe, and um, I played keys in, right. in the song, and 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 it starts out slow, and it has this great groove to it, and it just builds and builds and builds. And I remember being in that moment and just thinking, I'm opening for King's X. Right. I'm playing this groovy song. The audience is kind of into it. We're having a great time. We're connecting. And I just, I felt joy. Right. And and uh, it was, and we'd done bigger shows. Like right. we, we played some shows for KPFK, the radio station where there was literally 20,000 people right. in front of the stage. That's nuts. But at a big protest, you know, right. kind of show and uh but for some reason this was this was it and, and I, I think it had to do with king's x but it also had to do with just being in the moment feeling good about the moment right and, and moving um and and so uh for for the band uh songhammer one of our a gig that that I will never forget. We we got to play the twentieth anniversary of the World of Warcraft.
1: At, wow! At, and For that at, band, at, that's like yeah, that's mecca.
2: At, it was, and it was at BlizzCon. <laughs> oh, jeez! And, oh, uh, and so, and we, and this is um, we had. We also got to play. Uh, Blizzard sent us to Germany, and we played Gamescom in what? Germany.
1: Dude, how amazing is this? Oh, project? that was that was it was
2: incredible. Like it,
1: it, it was, uh, and that's the height of nerddom right there. Oh, it, like re- Gamescom when, is the largest video game convention in the world. I feel like the the scene has slipped a little bit. It's not quite as huge since uh, Avengers Endgame hit. The cons <laughs> feel like they've gotten a little smaller. Um, well, it's still moving, but it is, and and uh, but that's at the height right there, right? Like it that's was, fever yeah. pitch.
2: We were, I think, uh, 2015 is oh, when yeah. it was when that was, and then 2016. You know, we were doing this well, and so we're playing at um, at. BlizzCon, and, and when they had us come, they would set up a stage outside at the Anaheim Convention Center, kind of gotcha. like that out just like at NAM show right. where they have that big stage outside yeah and it's free everyone, anyone can come and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff and there's you know 10,000 people oh, piled geez. in there or whatever, going all the way back. And I just remember being on stage there and you know we're the audience is chanting along with us and, and singing and it was it was another one of those moments where I was in the moment. And I I just felt like it was great. The band, you know, performed well. Everybody was on their game, you know, Dustin, Davinon, Jose, everybody is on their game doing their thing. And it was it was a good it was a good moment. Right. Yeah. And so those are those are some pinnacle shows. Those are big shows. though. Yeah.
1: I think for Benji Phonics so far, that car show is the one. Right. Right. Well, almost without exception. You're the you're the exception at this point. Um, when I ask people that it's usually not a big show, it's usually like a club where it was just packed to the gills and people were vibing off of what you were doing. But I think the difference is you had that at the big shows, which most bands at our stage or our level or whatever, uh, in the, in the process, we don't necessarily have that. We're, we're almost like intruding upon that stage we haven't quite made our way up to that level. Well, and those um, those
2: big shows are few and far between. I mean, definitely, the, you know, those aren't. That's not the norm for me, certainly, or or hasn't been in my career.
1: But I think that's the cool thing built yeah. into what you're doing, at least with the two projects right. that you've talked about already, um, that instantly it was identifiable to that audience. Right, they were in it when you started. Yeah, you know, right. especially like the Warcraft thing like you could not get a more like hardcore following right. than dudes and 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 women that love
2: video games video games yeah yeah it's and and grant i those people are wonderful. Yeah, and I—it's oh, yeah. I, I, incredible how giving and how loving. Yes. How, but also how toxic and caustic they can <laughs> be on message <laughs> yes, boards. Yes. I, I mean, anyone who's who's played you know Call of Duty or whatever or World of Warcraft, you know, if you're in game, you know, the trade chat or in game mm-hmm. chat, it's it can be pretty toxic. Right. A, and uh, and we experience that just as much as we experience. Wow. The, uh, be just because they're gamers, that's just how it goes. It's the
1: culture, and uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely no. Um, you know, you got to have you have your armor on. No pun yeah, intended. Yeah, no, you're you're so right, actually. And
2: actually, one of the good things that that for me that came out of that too is that. And and I had this with conspiracy of thought as well. I mean, I remember um, particularly um, just after nine eleven when we were doing shows and we were really talking about not going to war in Afghanistan right. or, or in Iraq and you know radio stations were saying you know don't play this band mm-hmm. and you know churches were banning us and all right. these things are happening and and uh, all in the inland empire you know right. and uh, and i remembered then thinking okay if i believe in what i'm doing or or if i love what i'm doing i need to not allow all the other noise or the things that are happening to Stop me from moving forward and, right. and being who and what I want to be.
1: Yeah, because that noise changes, like yeah, on a dime.
2: It does, and and what people, you know, now people agree. Yeah, we shouldn't have gone into right. Afghanistan, or we shouldn't right. have done that. Now that we're still there in this quagmire, right. and and uh, but but that's just how things are. I mean, right. we, the it's just like art. Art changes. We were right. just talking about all these different styles of hip hop. Hip hop change, you know, music changes, and and the same is true with the political, you know, atmosphere and everything right. else. And so uh, I think I think as musicians and as artists, if we're willing to go down a rabbit hole and follow mm-hmm. it and see where it goes, we have to be willing to take the the bad with the good. Right. And and that that's a tough thing to do.
1: No, oh, I mean, that's you're doing it though. <laughs> Constantly.
2: You know? And I, I don't know
1: how much um, I mean, definitely the Benji thing is is meant to be less political. Oh, yeah. It's it's yeah. definitely more fun. It's definitely goofy. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, that's what makes it really likable. Right. Is that it, it doesn't necessarily take itself seriously. Are there serious messages in any of these songs? You know, it's interesting because there...
2: I don't know if we'll call them serious messages or if we'll call them teaching moments. Okay. Um, because... And, and actually, maybe that's part of the shift in my own life is, you know, uh, for, for most of the nineties and, and, mo- and, uh, half of the two thousands, you know, my goal was to change the world and save right. everybody. And, um, and it's, that's still a great goal, you right. know, but what, <laughs> one of the things I realized is, you know, you know, people don't change via argument. People change right. via, you know, compassion and love right. and other things. Right. And so with Benji Phonic, you know, like a great example is uh, "Ain't Nothing Wrong" is is this where I talk about the blues, right? And and uh, in that song, you know, the story that was started and it's way down south where the Mississippi River starts to open its mouth, a story right. that was or a story that was seasoned from the pain of the plow cut so hard and deep that we're still feeling it now and it's the idea that blues music and and the suffering and the struggle of of african-americans and you know post-slave sharecroppers and the music of that of that struggle is still the music that we connect to yeah i mean it's it's there wouldn't be hip hop. There wouldn't be rock. Right. There wouldn't be rhythm and blues. There wouldn't be country. None of it would would be happening without those. Right. Without that music, and and uh, and so it's not necessarily, you know. Uh, Preachy or, or you know no, change but the world, but it's definitely educational. It is, but it's still done in a in a fun, right? Hopefully joyful way. Right.
1: You have to write your story.
2: You should write from from where it is that you're at. Right. Which is why in the song "We Still Hip Hop," by the very first line is, and it's it's the first. I think it was the first song I wrote for the project, or started writing, and then a flood, you know, flood gates open. But um, you know, the very first line: "There's a bald white dude, and he's stealing a beat out on the street. You'd never know this guy was a thief, right? But he's doing it right. Tight grooves on the record. The white beat thieves on the street. Check it, right? (laughs) Right. So I'm I'm claiming Beastie Boys territory, right? And and, uh, and. I'm not going to be rapping about things that that I either haven't experienced or don't think myself, because right. because that's it, it's
1: just well it's got to be sincere. And it, I think it should be. I think even as silly as it gets, right. there's still a sincerity that people buy into. Absolutely. Well, um, and
2: and uh, and there's
1: a love of what you're doing and a love of what came before. Right. That people can clearly see. Yeah. You I hope know. So. No, I, it's it's very obvious to me <laughs> yeah. that you are not um, just a poacher. Yeah. Coming in and taking the style, and I mean, you definitely you know your stuff. I'm trying. Um, you've uh, you're, you've learned a lot of the history, more than I would say probably any hip-hop artist I have ever met.
2: Well, one of the things, well, and actually this came from COT. This came from Conspiracy of Thought was if I was going to, every song I wrote because it was like so politically charged or spiritually charged or whatever the case may be, I, I felt like I needed to know my stuff because right. people would come up to me oh, afterwards yeah. and it, it, they would like... Well, what about this? What a da 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 da, and mm-hmm. I mean, it it became this real debate forum, right? And so I had to know what I was talking about to the best of my knowledge, right? And and that way I could explain. Well, this is why I think this, right. or this is why I feel this, and also being willing to to give as, as well as, as right. take, you know, in right. that circumstance, and saying, you know, or oh, okay. You know, here here's my thought. Well, I want to hear what you have to say, and I need to consider it. Right. Um, The same thing came with hip hop. Well, as a result, when I thought about doing a hip hop project, having grown up with that being part of my musical DNA, right. uh, From as a fan, right. uh, and, And then also as trying to incorporate it with conspiracy of thought, I. I thought it was important for me to know the roots of hip hop and to know where it came from. Even though I knew a lot of early hip hop, um, I wanted myself to understand where it came from and also being in love with it, you know? And so, and that early stuff, I actually like a lot, you know, Uh, it's, there's just something crazy and raw and fun. And also it was, it was a little less serious because it most of it, yeah. It, they just weren't they weren't that focused, you know. NWA hadn't happened, and Public Enemy right. hadn't happened. And Public the very Enemy beginning.
1: changed everything. Oh yeah, they
2: really did. Uh, that's literally one of my favorite hip hop groups.
1: Oh yeah, how could it not be? But Anybody I, who says they don't like Public Enemy and listens to hip hop, they yeah. don't listen to hip hop. Well, like you can't. You may not like some of the songs they say or some whatever. of the things they yeah, say, right. but dude, that's that's yeah. the blueprint for everything that followed.
2: It, it certainly was the, and, and they will even say that they weren't the first to be, you know, political minded or social minded. Well, no, like, uh, like actually grandmaster flash and the furious five, right. they put out the song, the message. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time kind of that anyone had heard it. Hip hop being a socially conscious thing. Right. Uh, or saying something about the environment in the streets more than a brag and boast or a party right. or having fun. Right. And so, um, and, you know, that, uh, and then people like NWA and other groups, you know, took that and ran with it. Even yeah, they further. Did. I mean, and I thank God for them, you know, because uh, the, uh, I love that music also affected me, straight out of right. Compton affected me or those right. kind of things. And, you know, uh, I can only imagine what
1: older folk thought as I was driving home from school listening to straight, <laughs> right. straight out of Compton <laughs> right. in a white 51 Ford yeah, right. to my little in middle the, class in the home. Empire, yeah. <laughs> i just. I can't even imagine. Like, what is going on?
2: You, you
1: know, but I mean, and, and
2: another thank another God is that we grew up in California, right? Um, Absolutely, because we were, and also in the late '80s and early '90s, where right. we were, it was okay for us to be into all these different styles of yes. music. Yes, yes, and uh, also living in a, a pretty diverse community, which is cool.
1: So, we not to backtrack, but yeah. we we talked about your best gigs. Yeah. Do you have worst gigs? Oh man. Or even just one. I'll tell you about a great worst gig cuz there's some nightmare stories but but it turned I, into a victory. But okay.
2: but it was So there was this promoter in in San Bernardino and and this is in the late 90s. Okay. Um maybe 99.
1: I probably know who you're talking about. I'm not going to talk about who it is specifically, but I think I know who you're talking about.
2: Yeah, and there was this thing called the San Bernardino Rock Fest, nice. And it was going to be held at the Boxing Arena in San Bernardino, which was this old right b- boxing venue, and um, and supposedly, like at first, Megadeth was going to close oh, it, of course, and then it was going to be Rob Zombie closing oh, right. it, and and then <laughs> and then. By the time and and so and you're supposed to sell tickets. This right. it was terrible. It was just just everything was bad. I why are we playing this? Right. I don't know. So but we were and and so Cot gets there and already something's not right. Okay. You know and and uh, there's all these bands, maybe like 20 bands oh, playing shit. that day, and the headliner which kept changing. Right. It was now like some 80s guitar player from a band that didn't quite make it or something like that. I don't know. Okay. It was, certainly wasn't Rob Zombie. Well, no. And no, there's all these bands, and there's more people that are musicians than
1: there are people coming of to the show. Of course on something like this.
2: And things are starting to get crazy well we start to we're about to backline our equipment on stage and the the thing's already gone for a few hours it's already been bands already been playing and they're gonna be playing into the night and the dude who who was running the whole thing his band was playing as well they were supposed to be one of the big bands and their equipment was all on stage backline from the very beginning well it's announced that the headliner you know is not showing up and and bands that were supposed to be compensated in some way are not of going to be i mean it is it is coming unraveled right and the people in other bands start to get ticked off and they start grabbing the headliner's equipment oh shit they take it off stage go out out the back door and start hucking things over the fence. Oh, damn. It's a, it's a, it's a chain link fence. They're hucking amps. They're hucking heads. They're hucking guitars. Oh, Jesus. And the promoter is locked in or in, in like a ticket room or something like that. And he's locked and barricaded the doors. Wow. And, uh, and it is just unraveling. And I look at my band members. And I'm like, we're getting the hell out of here. right? (laughs) So we throw everything into my van. We get all of the equipment in there. We do all this. We tell everyone who's there to see us, which is like 30 or 40 people who've come that are there at that point. And I say, we're coming, we're going back to my house. We're going to pull everything out of my living room and we're having a concert. Nice. Let's, let's go. And so we take off everyone carpools to my house, my duplex in Riverside. And we pull everything out. We set up a, like a lounge in the carport of the duplex Nice in between the units with this, my couch, my, my coffee table, all this right, kind of stuff. Right. And then we put the PA in, we set it up, and we have the show there. And it turns into a complete success. We invite – we go around the neighbors. We say, hey – our event. We were just about to play a show. It went crazy. We're going to be playing in our living room. Come over, and so right. we invited all the neighbors.
1: That's how you do. it. And we had
2: neighbors come over. We had and, and somebody wheels a barbecue over. No, nice. it ended up becoming this like block party.
1: But that's cool. That's what things should be. So, you know, and I think that's where we are now. Right.
2: It was. It was. It was literally the worst.
1: Outcome of a show we ever had.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> but we turned it into a victory. Well, but that's good. Yeah,
1: um, the, some guys, uh, friends of mine, they were talking about they got lined up for this big party, uh-huh. and um, you know they had. They emptied out the pool for skating and, you know, big stage build. Yeah, yeah. And then the cops show up and shut it down. Before it even starts? (laughs) Like right in the middle of it after a couple songs. And it's like you go to all that trouble.
2: Like a lot of trouble. And they just, you
1: know, you move somewhere else. And that's what bands do, you know. Um, We've done that. We were supposed to play – I'm trying to remember what it was. It was – I think it was – here at market night yeah, oh, and,
2: yeah Redlands.
1: and it like rained out or something. And we're like, well, we've got all our stuff. There's people here. Let's just go see if the Falconer will let us set up. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. going on tonight. Did, did so they- we just went in and said, hey, we'll play for free. We're here anyway. Yeah. Um, just let us play for an hour or two. And we just played and it became a great time. Exactly. You turn the, you turn
2: the tragedy into victory.
1: Right. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting because,
2: you know especially when you're a gigging musician or or you're somebody who's been in the trenches you know there and i don't care what genre of music it is this is going to happen you're going right. to have nights that you know the you're playing outside in a range you're doing this and that you know a right. tornado comes i don't right. really care what it is it's going to happen and turning that uh that Around and being flexible enough to mm-hmm. be able to do that, that actually is what makes great musicians.
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to being in the moment. Yeah, right. Know? And and how to how to fix whatever isn't working. Right. Now not to change the subject, yeah, please but I, I'm I'm genuinely curious, who do you think is the all-time best rapper? They're not necessarily your favorite. That might be two different people. <clears throat>
2: Okay, this is going to be controversial <laughs> in the hip-hop community. The The person who I think is probably the all-time best rapper or who has the all-time greatest skill is probably Eminem.
1: You think so? Better than Busta?
2: Now, I'm not talking about who my favorite is. Okay. Busta Rhymes is one of my favorite rappers. <laughs> I freaking, I, see,
1: I'm not a big hip-hop guy, yeah. but I've always kind of looked from the outside in, right. and I've always found him to be absolutely amazing
2: mesmerizing yeah
1: both sonically and visually yeah
2: because he does things he's got the
1: dreads going and, 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 just,
2: and also and always with the fisheye lens on a video right. <laughs> yeah. you know and he's just he is just mesmerizing i love it
1: so he would be your favorite then
2: i don't know honestly, i know it's a hard question honestly my favorite's probably chuck d you
1: gotta love chuck d because
2: public enemy how did pro- public
1: enemy work if you really look at I my mean, early stuff, I get. But, but how are you going to have Chuck D and then throw flavor flavor
2: flavor? Yeah, that and mix. actually, you know, and and actually, that that right there is why Public Enemy did work so incredibly good. It's it's brilliant it, and crazy at the same time. It had because bands that were only 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 serious, right didn't have they didn't connect to the wackiness or right. the joy or the whatever it might be in right. the moment and you know uh, you and i were talking about u2 earlier and you know how i didn't get u2 right at first and then i discovered them in the late 80s or late 90s early 2000s and thought this this is the best band in the world right, What's right. going? On? and everyone's like yeah, yeah man you're way late to the party <laughs> and uh but with Flavor Flav being this wacky, crazy, weird, and I mean he s- sings serious stuff sometimes right, too, right. but he is a goof. He is a total goof. But that's what makes public enemy so amazing, is that it has it has this spark of joy and fun in with this incredible serious message. You two has this spark of joy with this
1: incredibly serious message. I mean, that's the blues. Right. How are you gonna yeah. sing these up tempo, you know, so- right. sounding happy songs about the worst possible things that could in, happen. Yeah, in the world know? that that, that happened to people. I think that's that that dichotomy that strange know, fruit, you know, mm-hmm, Billy yeah, Holiday man. or things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why it works. Well, hey man, we are coming up on the end of this. Okay. Um before I forget, yes. I wanna make sure that people can find where you oh, yeah, have your Benji stuff. Funny. So
2: so for Benji Phonic uh, online, you can go to BenjiPhonic.com, uh, obviously, and, and you can... how do you spell b- that? B-E-N-J-I-P-H-O-N-I-K. Very
1: important. Make yeah, sure that, that K is, is very name.
2: important. Good call. So, and it's it's all the social medias are Benji, at BenjiPhonic or forward slash BenjiPhonic. Um, okay. So that's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's Facebook. Um, obviously you can find me at Reverb Nation or you can find me, uh, on SoundCloud, you're doing Benji Bandcamp, band I'm everywhere. Um, and, but that's and- what I love about you is that you know all this <laughs> stuff and it's on everything. It, it kind of is. And, uh, and then of course, um, Spotify, please find Benji Phonic on Spotify or Apple Music or,
1: uh, Google play any you, of anything. I'm trying I, to get paid or what? You want to get your 0.4 cents uh, per
2: spin? but if you go to uh, Reverb Nation right now, you can get the song We Still Hip Hop for free. There's a little download uh, link on there, and I'm going to give it to everybody
1: for free right now. Excellent, excellent. go there. And on that note, I think it's about time to put a pin in this one. Thanks again to Ben Stewart, a.k.a. Benji Phonic, for coming in and giving us a peek into his world. Awesome. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Facebook, and by all means, for all that is holy, Go tell a friend, you know? Spread the word. Please Uh, do. And Chris, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, man. Much
0: love. Fix It in the Mix is recorded at Inland Blue Studios. Remember to subscribe to Fix It in the Mix on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This episode was brought to you by SpinWiz Comics. Please go and visit SpinWizComics.com.